Well, there's a story about a, a man who joined a monastery where in addition to the discipline of celibacy and um, poverty, he was required to take an oath of silence. In fact, he was allowed to speak only two words a year, and that is during his annual performance review. After serving his first year in absolute silence, he met with the abbot and was allowed to speak. His two chosen words were, food, terrible. <laughs> he then served his second year in absolute silence, and the year's end, during his review, he was allowed to speak again. His two words were, bad, hard. He then served his third year in absolute silence. When he went for his review, he spoke the two words again. I quit. <laughs> so as he got up to leave, the abbot said, your decision doesn't surprise me. After all, you have done nothing but complain since you got here. <laughs> well, of course, that's just a silly story. But have you ever known someone who every time they open their mouth to speak, something wrong comes out? Something critical comes out. Something harsh come out. Have you ever known a person like that? I'm sure some of you are maybe nudging it. But let me ask you this question. Have you ever been that person? Have you ever been that person? Solomon said in the book of Proverbs, when words are many, sin is unavoidable. But he who restrained his lips is wise. He's saying too much talk can lead to sin. And we all know that. If you talk, if you talk too much, then you know, that can lead to all kinds of trouble. We are in the third week of our series called Discovering the Power of a Quiet Life. We started that two weeks ago, this new series. It doesn't mean that leading a quiet life means you know, just doing nothing and sitting around, but it's actually being active in our lives, but actually leading a life that is going to be encouraging other people, uplifting other people, and also serving the Lord faithfully. So today, I want to encourage you to consider taking a new approach to conversation. That you speak more carefully, that you speak more intentionally, and ultimately you speak more effectively. So this morning, I want us to look at a biblical template for godly conversation. That's it. That's the uh, title of my sermon this morning, Biblical Template for Godly Conversations. We focus primarily on just one verse of Scripture this morning, taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. We're going to put that up on the screen, and we're going to read it together. Let's read it. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, let's break this template down into three parts, okay? The first part is we need to avoid unwholesome talk. We need to avoid unwholesome talk. The Greek word that is translated unwholesome here is used elsewhere to describe bad fruit or even worse, bad fish. Have you ever smelled rotten fish? Well, not exactly an experience you would cherish, isn't it? Paul compares that experience to the words we speak. He's saying unwholesome words stink like rotten fish. Now, he's not talking about 
you know, swearing words or dirty jokes, though that is certainly part of it. Wholesome talk would also be gossip. It would also be insult. It would also be harsh and hateful criticism. It would also be condescension. It would also be lies and fabrications. It would also be winching and complaining, which most often all of us do that. So unwholesome talk has a wide range of conversational strategies, and they all stink, the Bible says. Paul said in his second letter to Timothy uh, 2, verse 16, he says, avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. So the first part of our conversational template is to put away all the unwholesome talk from our lives. Profanity, dirty jokes, name-calling, insult, criticism, complaints, sarcasm, and gossip, and all those things we should avoid, the Bible says. The Bible says, James chapter 1, verse 19, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. Probably that's why God has given us two ears and one tongue, so we can talk less and we can listen more. So part two of this template is we need to build up others. We need to build up others. Ephesians 4.29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs. Now the word translated building up in its most literal context means to build a house uh, or even to repair a house or even to remodel a house or renovate a house or restore a house. In other words, Paul is saying that in every conversation we should strive to say only that which will build and repair. Only that which will make the other person stronger and if possible make the situation better. If you ever watched a renovation show, I'm sure that you may have watched it, you may have noticed the first thing they do, they go back, they go and knock down all the old walls with a, with a sledgehammer. Then a crew of craftsmen would come and rebuild and renovate it as new. When you are in a conversation, talking to someone or about someone, it is not your job to be the sledgehammer. It is not your job to go around knocking people down with your harsh criticism. It is not your job to fix everyone's problems. There were people like that in Jesus' days. They, they continually criticized him and called him all kinds of names. Everything that he did, they criticized him. And you know what Jesus said to them? Listen to what he said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 5. Can we have that on the... Okay. You hypocrite, first take the law out of your own eye and then you will be able to see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eyes. How true that it is, isn't it? You know, sometimes we have a big log in your eyes and then we try to take the specks out of other people's eyes. I believe people who are critical of other people have a lot of problems of their own. So it's kind of a small screen, it's kind of covered up. So if I can criticize other people, if I can talk about other people, then nobody will take notice of my own problems, my own issues. Remember, you are not on God's verbal demolition crew. 
Okay? Your job is to be a craftsman. Your job is to come in and rebuild and remodel and restore and renovate people's lives with the words you speak. I was telling in the first service um, last week, fr uh, Friday I was teaching at the Moline College. And so they asked me to share a significant point in my life, uh, or a turning point in my life, where it's changed the direction of my ministry. And I had so many of those turning points in my life. So I just uh, uh, was using just one example. Um, I started ministry 20, when I was 20 years of age. Um, and I joined a group of people, and we went around uh, in India on the back of a truck, and we preached the gospel and sharing the gospel and giving out gospel tracts. You know, initially it was all good fun, you know, traveling with young people like, you know, my age, 20 years of age, traveling and preaching the gospel was an exciting thing. But then, in one place we went, we were actually had a very severe opposition from fanatic Hindus. So what they did, they came, and they took all the Bibles and everything, and they burned, they burned our truck, and they beat us up really, really bad. And I remember waking up in hospital because I was unconscious the way they beat me up. And so, woken up in this hospital, and suddenly realized, man, this is, this is not good. This is not what I was expecting. But it gave me an opportunity during those time of my time in the hospital to think about the, um, what Jesus Christ has done for me. And I, I, and I learned more about Christ and his death and his on the cross and what he did for me. I realized, you know, if you're a Christian, there is, there is a price to pay. There's a cost involved in serving the Lord. You know, the pain that I was going through at that time, nothing compared to the pain that Christ went through, the cross, and all the agony and the suffering that he took on the cross, even though he did nothing wrong. But it is for our sake, for our sin that he did all that to carry our pain on the cross. So for me, that was... When I, when I think, when I thought about Jesus Christ and his death and his pain, I said, well, this pain is really nothing in comparison to what he has done for me. So I was okay with that until I became a pastor. Then I realized, well, nobody came and beat me up with a rod or anything like that. But people said things to me verbally really hurt me so deeply because I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that sort of criticism from Christian people because I thought, well, you know, we are Christians, we are supposed to love each other, care for each other, you know. And that, I found that pain was more unbearable for me than actually the physical pain that I had to go through that. Now I had to even go through that kind of pain here in this church. I have written that actually in my book, if you haven't read that, he can read some of, the, some of the opposition that we are to go through to see a church coming to this level of growth. There's a pain always involved. But I think this verbal attack on people, you know, speaking behind somebody else, criticizing, and all those kind of things can actually hurt another person's feeling. So, 
King Solomon said this, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. Um, let's put that on the screen, guys. King Solomon said, careless words stab like what? A sword. But the words of the wise bring what? Healing. What a beautiful verse that. Your words can hurt someone deeply or they can heal someone. So let me encourage you this morning. Use your words carefully to build people up. When you are in your little group, when you are criticizing, when you are talking about other people, remember that you are you building other person up or are you tearing that down, that person? You know, the Bible says we should not be doing that. We should not be doing that. This brings us to the third part of a godly conversational template. That is, we need to be an agent of grace. We need to be an agent of grace. Paul said, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, let's take a closer look at that last phrase. You can, you can maybe underline or circle in your Bible that it may benefit those who listen. Now, can I ask you this question? That, you know, when we talk about somebody or when we talk to somebody, are we talking for the benefit of that person? Sometimes not, isn't it? Sometimes we do all the talking for the benefit of ourselves, isn't it? And so we need to watch that. In fact, that word translated in the King James Version of the Bible says that it may minister grace unto the hearers. That's what our words need to do. They need to minister grace. Our goal in conversation is not to put people in their place or knock them down. Our goal in conversation is to help them move in the direction of God's grace so that they can experience a closer walk with Jesus Christ that what it means to be an agent of his grace. Agent of his grace. There's a verse in Isaiah that says, Isaiah chapter 58, verse 12 says, you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and restorer of homes. I love that verse. You'll be known as a rebuilder of walls and restorer of homes. That's what God wants us to be, the repairer of walls, rather than being the instigator of conflict. We are called to repair that which is broken, and we can do it with our words, with our words. With every conversation, we need to ask ourselves this question. Will the words I'm about to speak make this person stronger? Will the words I'm about to speak make this situation better? Paul is saying that the words you speak are not to be spoken for your own benefit, but for the benefit of other people. This is our template for conversation. We do away with all the unwholesome talk and we focus on building up others so that they can experience God's grace in their lives. King David said in Psalm 141, verse 3, this is what he said, Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. You know, that's a good prayer. Every morning when I get up, I pray that prayer. Because it's very easy that we can actually, you know, just let go and speak things that can hurt other people. So we need to pray, Lord, please set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. So things will not come out. If you want your words to have impact, use them sparingly 
make your point and move on, like I'm about to do right now. King Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes, the quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. If you want someone to listen to you, then you need to stop shouting and yelling and speak gently. Have you noticed that when you have an argument, you know, everybody's raised their voice and shouting and screaming, and, uh, and nobody listens, really, isn't it? Nobody listens. You know, two days after that, you come and say, didn't I tell you that that day? No, I didn't hear what you were saying, because you were shouting, and I was screaming, so nobody heard it. You know, as a pastor for so many years and as a leader, I have learned one thing. The more right you are, the more gentle you need to be. The more right you are, the more gentle you need to be. The more the other person needs to hear what you have to say, the more gentle you need to be. The Bible says our tongue is like fire. It only takes a small fire to create a large bushfire. And we all have seen the devastation of such a fire here in Australia. It's all started with just maybe a cigarette, small thing. In the same way, our tongue, our words can cause massive destruction. Your words can hurt other people. They can also hurt you. God wants us to use our words to encourage, to inspire, to build people up. Remember the words you speak are not spoken for your own benefit. For your own emotional, emotional satisfaction. Because sometimes, you know, we, we want to communicate everything to other people. You know? I mean, now you've got the Facebook to do that, isn't it? The words you speak are spoken for the benefit of other people. Every time when you post something, every time when you speak to somebody... Are you doing that for the benefit of other people? If you have been spreading rumors, talking behind people, gossiping, putting people down, then you need to ask the Lord to forgive you, my friend. A bad tongue is a sign of major issue in your life. Have you noticed when you go to the doctor, they ask you to what? To show your tongue. I didn't understand why all the doctors do that, you know. And my doctor does the same thing, and I feel like vomiting sometimes, you know, he puts the things, you know. You know what they're doing? Because your tongue can reveal other symptoms of bad health in your life, isn't it? They can just look at your tongue and say, you know, what is probably wrong with you? How true that is in, in, in our life. Bible says, the words you speak reveals what kind of person you are. What comes out of your mouth is actually reveals what kind of person you are. The good news is Jesus can heal your internal problems. So I encourage you to come to him this morning. Ask him to take control of your life. He will give you the healing that you need. And maybe so many of us, we need to, we need to examine what we speak, what we talk on a daily basis. And how many people that we have we hurt intentionally by, by our words. Even unintentionally, we have done it. And maybe it's time to stop that and say, God, I really want a clean tongue. I can talk to people. I can encourage people. I can lift people up rather than putting people down all the time in my life. 
Well, this morning we are really excited about Krista and Chris uh, getting baptized. And uh, you may have seen their testimonies in, the, in there. I was reading that. It's amazing how God has transformed their life. And today they have come to publicly witness that faith in, their, in Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus told us to go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus also said, if you love me, you must obey all my commands. Today, Krista and Chris have come to obey the words of Jesus Christ in the water baptism. And the Bible says, baptism is the outward expression of the inward faith. Those two believers have already accepted Jesus Christ, and you can see from their testimony. But today, they are publicly expressing their faith before us. And so... Um, in a few moments, Pastor Matt is going to do the baptism there in the pool there. The pool is already been filling up for since 7 o'clock in the morning. So it's all ready to go. And uh, so if you have family members during our song, that really encourage you to go. And maybe some chairs there you can see up, up close. Uh, but others, please remain seated here. And uh, we'll be able to show you on the screen the baptism. So really excited to see these two people getting baptized today. So um, I'm going to pray, and then uh, we're going to sing a song, and during the time, um, those who are getting baptized, go there, and also the family members, if you can just go there and, and take your seat, that'd be great. Let's pray first.